0: We're back on the air with our faces. Anyway, (laughs) Pat O'Day, you've got a story. Did
1: you emcee the Beatles in Seattle for KJR? Well, yes, I did. But my story goes back way before that. Uh, Little known, uh, Murray the K in New York said, you know, I started the Beatles. Not true. No. The first Beatles record played on the radio in the U.S., was by KJR, and it was Please, Please Me. Right. You see, I was sitting with Mike Phillips, who later became the program director of Stations in Los Angeles, a great young broadcaster. K-Earth. And we were opening packages of new records that had arrived, and here came this record, opened a package from VJ Records, and we're astounded to find a group called The Beatles. (laughs) Can you imagine naming your group The Beatles? I mean, that was... And we put the thing on and listen to it. And I said, I like it. He said, so do I. We put it on the air that evening. We had a thing called uh, the Battle of the New Sounds. We had that here, too. We put it on the air that evening, and bingo. It went immediate requests by the tons, and it went onto our chart two weeks later. Now, if you look, that is the first listing of a Beatles record on a radio station chart in the United States. and, uh, and we, the, I'm
0: glad I heard that. I couldn't stand Murray the Key. I'm glad I heard that.
1: <laughs> but
0: the thing is, uh, you you guys in the States were behind us because we had a guy that headed Capitol Records. He'd bring all this stuff in early, I mean, in Toronto. And uh, he's responsible for putting the first North American Beatles song on the air. No question. Paul White was his name. and he still Was lost. it the same song, Red, What Pat's uh, about? No, it was a different song. Yeah. Love Me Do, I think.
1: That was on Swan,
0: was it not? Yep. They were weird labels, like you brought up yeah. that VJ, you know, yeah. before they went to EMI or Capitol. Yeah, Brian
1: before Epstein. Before they went to Capitol. Brian
0: Epstein was desperate he'd put out anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: put it on anything. Hop <laughs> cap. This is CISL Vancouver. Smooth and easy. CISL 650. Hey, please, please me with the Beatles. This is the Red Rock Diner on CISL 650. Won't be able to say that much longer. It's all changing over. Anyway, my guests are Bruce Allen. And Pat O'Day. Pat O'Day, uh, a good friend from Seattle. And what can I say about Bruce Allen? You all know him and love him? <laughs> that's that's my reality check for today. Anyway, uh, I'm about to uh, ask Pat
1: for a story. Go ahead. Well, this has to do with the Beatles and their second visit to Seattle. And, um, of course, KJR, our radio station, was totally involved, and I was put in on the show. A young lady came to the station Uh, About a month before the Beatles were arriving, and uh, she said, uh, I have some important critical information for Mr. O'Day. I went down to the lunchroom and met with her, and she worked for an answering. Remember when we had answering services? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, she worked for the Jones Answering Service. And she explained, she says, she says, I'm breaking confidentiality here, Pat, but she says, I've always listened to you and I'm doing this for you as a favor for you if you'd like to know that Paul McCartney is going to be marrying Jane Asher when the Beatles are here in Seattle. I said, you gotta be kidding. She says, let me show you this. She had information, they had been hired by Brian Epstein, okay, and to set up or make all the arrangements for the wedding. And the funds had been transferred to Jones, and they were calling various people. Now, what was done? The Grand Ballroom of the Olympic Hotel had been (laughs) reserved. The British Embassy in Seattle had been hired to come and conduct the wedding service to make it an official British wedding. The tuxedos had been ordered. The cakes had been ordered. The food service for the Spanish ballroom at the Olympic Hotel had been ordered. It was all there. And she laid the whole thing out and said, I wanted you to know. I'm looking at it and saying, well, how can... So I have my news department get on it and begin checking these things out. It all checked out. Along with, later on, we got the reservations. They were coming on Northwest Airlines Flight 2 out of uh, New York to Seattle, Jane Asher and her mother, and so on. And it's all checked out. There it is. I mean, the evidence is there. And here's, you know, Epstein's number in London is doing the, the conversation and all the orders. So on the day of the concert that morning, We went public and said, ladies and gentlemen, Paul McCartney is going to be, we believe, is going to be marrying Jane Asher. said, out of respect for the couple, we will give you no more information than that. But do know that here in Seattle, we proudly will be the site of the wedding. Of Paul McCartney and Jane Asher and so on, and uh, probably following the concert this evening. Well, the Beatles held their press conference at 1 o'clock, and I was there. And, of course, the press is coming, going crazy, <laughs> right? They're sending cameramen in from Los Angeles and so on. And so they ask Paul, and Paul says, why don't you ask Pat, right? Oh. You, and he's clearly irritated, right? And I, I'm like— you know, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm but a conduit here. Uh, and, of course, after the concert, uh, the Beatles left and went back to the hotel. and uh, But I was alarmed because the flight scheduled to arrive at 11 a.m. that morning from New York did not have Jane Asher or her mother on board. We went out there, and they unloaded the plane. They weren't there. So now I'm really concerned. The concert ended. The Beatles went back to the hotel. I went down to the Olympic ballroom, uh, to the Olympic hotel, and, of course, the cake was there all by itself. Uh, the tuxedos had not been picked up by the tuxedo store, and uh, and that's how it, it ended, right? And uh, what in the world happened? I did not. I could not figure it out. Uh, that fall in November, I was invited out to the Sigma Chi house at the University of Washington for their annual awards, the MCV right. awards, right. and they were receiving national awards. And at the end of the program, one of the national awards was given to Paddle O'Day for being the stupid turkey <laughs> that fell for their scheme. They had funded it with car washes and everything, sent one of their brothers to London, who became uh, the manager of the Beatles, right? Became Brian Epstein, set up his phone number and so on. Oh, boy. And they Fantastic. had pulled... The whole thing off and I got hooked big time. <laughs> KJR Seattle Channel 95. The in sound for the chest town. We love
0: That's a hell of a lot harder rather than just hanging that Volkswagen off oh, the Lionsgate yeah. bridge. <laughs> later,
1: later on, later on, my company, Concerts West, handled Paul McCartney's Swings Over America tour, and Paul did forgive me for that.
0: Oh, <laughs> good. Anyway, we continue here with the Red Rock Diner, my final big show, and Sea Isle will be no more in just a few days. And here's a song that I love. I love this guy, Billy Stewart. I love the fact that R&B always had a big band behind them. And the horn sections drove me crazy. I hope you enjoy summertime as much as I do. This is CISL (laughs) Vancouver. Smooth and easy.